0: Hey, Max, it's November. How's it going?
1: What's up, Josh? It is November. I like November.
0: It's pretty good. It's going
1: pretty well. How are you?
0: Uh, Good. Just glad that the rains are here now. Right? Yeah.
1: Well, speaking of rain and rainy places, uh, our guest today is an Olympia-based musician and cymbal maker. And streamer, from what I can tell, and probably more things.
0: Whoa, 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 whoa. You just breezed by Symbol Maker. We've never talked to anybody on this podcast before that makes instruments before.
1: Right? I know. I think it's going to be kind of fun. I'm, I'm a little bit excited here.
0: Well, let's talk to Ariel Calabria. Let's
1: bring him in. All right. Welcome, Ariel. Thanks for being here. Yo, thanks for having me. And I am super excited to talk to you about a lot of things. Awesome. Let's just dive right in for a second. So uh, as a drummer myself, I first know you from Cymbals. Um, I think I was talking to Julian McDonough, a great drummer from up in the Bellingham area. And I think he was playing somewhere and I was watching him play and he was playing this ride symbol. And I was like, Julian, what is that thing? And he was like, Oh, it's this symbol that this guy, Ariel made. And uh, so long story short, we got to talking and I found out about your symbols and yada, yada, here we are. Um, so you kind of make symbols that are of a quality that, that not many people or even companies can, kind of come close to um which i'm assuming is not easy to do but maybe i'm wrong uh can we just talk a little bit about how you got started making cymbals
2: yeah yeah for sure yeah see i mean i just kind of been into uh into jazz for a long time and started listening to you know the classic stuff like uh you know the great blue note albums and train and miles all that and really enjoyed the drumming um from like art Blakey and elvin jones and tony williams and um i guess always really liked the sound of ride cymbals (laughs) even in, in rock music too like totally i don't know i just always was like wow it sounds so good like certain cymbals sound different in so I moved down to Olympia um to play with the local uh saxophonist legend who has since passed uh Bert wilson mm. and i you know there's a drummers would come down i was i mean I'm mostly a guitar player, and so I would talk about it and um ended up getting involved in a website it's called symbolholic.com I and uh, I don't know if it, I think it's still around. I don't know if it's up and running anymore it might be like just archived but there were some makers on there and I kind of I don't know learned about the process a little bit and you know asked questions and got information and that, that was kind of the the spot uh, that I guess where I was able to you know, find most mostly most about it. This is fascinating.
1: Wow okay. Well, so what, you know, what actually goes into making a symbol? Like, I think most people think of symbols as just metal discs, but it's far more than that. What goes into actually making one?
2: Well, a lot of the process is stuff that I'll be honest that I don't do. It's so most, I guess, professional symbols are a combination of eighty percent copper twenty percent tin, which is known as Bell Bronze. I hmm. um maybe traces of silver in there and a lot of like Zildjian a lot of companies, you know, it's it's the it's the you know the alloy that they use. Yeah. Um some of the cheaper brands that are sheets made out of sheets are are B eight, you know, ninety two percent copper, eight percent tin. And uh so anyway they cast it into ingots i guess and they melted down poured into these ingots and kind of in cast it into these like pucks <laughs> hockey pucks and they you know they roll it out and those are those are called blanks right yeah they're they're they roll them out into uh with you have these like these giant like that are heavy duty and they, they, they get them into the disc shape as thin as, you know, I guess they can, you know, or uh, it's general, you know, a symbol. I mean, some, a lot of the symbols get, you know, laid down, but some of them don't depending on what you're going for. But yeah, they make blanks and they'll cut them. They'll, they'll cut them into a circle with a, another machine. And, you know, they do have bell making machines Sometimes, you know, you you don't get a bell. You make it yourself. And for those who don't know, that's
1: like the center of a symbol. Kind of is raised up a bit, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, the middle part of the symbol. See, so there's like kind of a tiny little a dome. Yeah, usually, and that functions basically as like the amplifier of the symbol, especially for the higher. Uh, you know frequencies as you m- can probably imagine but if you ever play a flat ride and maybe this is kind of trailing off but you'll notice that there's i mean it's a little quieter some of the frequencies are absent so it really helps kind of like yeah it's an amplifier i guess for a uh, lack of a better better explanation
0: fascinating so yeah these uh, you talked about these ingots and this heavy machinery that rolls things out and cut it, uh, cuts it and, and makes bells, uh, where, where in the process do you get involved?
2: Well, after, after the company's, um, the foundry does that, the, you know, I'll order certain weights or approximate and, uh, diameter, you know, so 20 or 22 inch, you know, blanks that weigh certain amount, maybe like. Approximately three thousand grams for twenty-two, maybe. I will take those, and I have a, a sort of a, a, a uh, how should I say it? Like a, a setting where I put the the anvil onto it and and uh, mounted, and basically I'll hammer a pattern as evenly as possible across the whole symbol until it gets its shape. So most of what I'm doing is just hammering at the beginning, and I will lay that afterwards, but wow, yeah i
1: and is that kind of where the secret
2: sauce in a sense lies? I would like to say, well, if I'm being honest, I would like to say like in your hammering pattern, hmm maybe it um because you know I don't know like there's i i'm I will be <laughs> honest, I'm not as scientific minded about the process as maybe some people are. I do it more from like an artistic standpoint. And so I'm using mostly my ears and maybe like feel and making sure it's everything's flat and, you know, my eyes totally. of course, but you could say that it, that it's a personal thing. The, the touch that people put into it in the hammer is definitely, I mean, yeah, it makes, you know, the shape, makes the sound in, in a lot of ways. Definitely.
1: Yeah. So you seem to do a great job at this based on what I've heard. Literally. Um, how long does it take to maybe get like one symbol uh, made from a blank to like a well, fully hammered and lathe symbol? <laughs>
2: um, it's a good question. It, uh, you know, it depends. I, First of all, I would say I'll try to do the best job I can. Sometimes it doesn't always come out great, just like anything probably. And I don't want to claim to be, I don't want to claim to be a master or, or that I actually know (laughs) what I'm doing because, (laughs) because I, I I might know what I'm doing sometimes, (laughs) but a lot of it is feel,
1: you know, like how long does it take for you to like finish, like say one ride symbol, for example.
2: It can be, you know, I can finish it in a day, depending on what happens. I might need to let it sit for a day or two, or maybe even a week. If I do, you know, if I hammer it a lot, don't want to overdo it. And even then depends, Hmm. can maybe take two weeks, even more. Sometimes I'll just even forget about it for a while, just because it's like, it can be, you know, mentally (laughs) like just like uh, taxing it's like annoying sometimes, but wow. There's that.
1: (laughs) Well, cool. Um, just continuing with the whole symbol thing here. Um, I've noticed that you've also modified some symbols. Can you tell us a little bit about what that means?
2: Yeah. It's just generally, um, I guess it's people, are looking to have some weight taken off, maybe less of a pingy sound. A lot of the times I'm just, I'm hammering maybe a little bit and mostly taking weight off. Um, Doing a few, maybe loosening it up or maybe tightening it up depending on what it is and the customer wants. And my experience, a lot can be resolved by just taking some material off in a, you know, in a certain way or areas of the symbol, but well, depending on what you're going for, I guess. Interesting. But yeah, I, I haven't done too many modifications lately. But
1: yeah. So it seems like you, I mean, kind of work with symbols sometimes. Uh, I would love to own one at some point in my life if you keep making them, but um, it seems like this is kind of a thing you might do on the side? Is that the case? I mean, I, well, I'd like to talk to you about also you as a musician as well. Uh, but is this kind of like your side hustle or is it like more of your actual business or is it just a hobby? Like how do you kind of approach symbol making?
2: Wow. I would, uh, <laughs> I'd say it's probably like all three of those. <laughs> It's one point at one point I would have said, well, I really want, you know, I, it's my main maybe source of income. Um, but I guess these days I, I haven't been doing it as, as, uh, as frequently as I, I used to maybe. So I would say mostly it's a, it's a side hustle. Cool. So, You as a musician
1: is something else I'd love like to talk to you uh, you about. I mean, I've seen you play guitar. Um, I think I've seen you play saxophone and possibly organ slash maybe other instruments. And I think this is all online, of course, but what, what do you like to do? Tell us about like what you like to play as a musician yourself and drums, of course, obviously.
2: Yeah. Um, I guess I would say I'm mostly a guitar player. I've spent the most time working on guitar. I like, I don't know, a lot of all instruments. <laughs> you you know, it's good to I think I mean people say it's good to have perspective, you know. <laughs> Sounds like it. <laughs> but it's like, you know, you sit down it's I don't know, maybe you can you can relate as you sit down at a you know, a piano and you're like, "Oh man, this is cool." And you listen to, you know, other people who play those instruments and and it's it can be you know you get inspiration, so I don't know i guess i I've, I've tried to like <laughs> yeah work i've had i've had uh been lucky to have access and time to work on on other instruments as well that's
1: awesome, yeah <laughs> I think uh Josh can relate to you in this case uh quite a bit, I think he plays more than a couple instruments as well
0: oh nice uh Yeah, Max likes to say it that way, but...
1: (laughs) Well, it's more than I play. Let me put it that way.
0: I think I just uh, am obsessed with trying new instruments and dabbling here and there. But uh, yeah, I'm curious, how do you find, as somebody uh, who also likes playing lots of different instruments, how do you balance uh, your time between learning and practicing um, a variety of different things?
2: Well yeah I it's tough I I don't know some some days I mean mostly lately I've been working or just playing guitar but sometimes just need a change of pace and I will forget about one instrument and just take up the other cuz it's I don't know it it's a it's a new perspective so it helps kind of like break you know any monotony but I for melodic and harmonic things I try to you know I feel like a lot of it is just learning the mechanics which of course is not easy but trying to take whatever knowledge I have and just applying it um as best I can on all the you know whatever it is
0: that I guess yeah resonates with how I feel about lots of different instruments too it 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 gives a the different instruments give a different perspective, different instruments want to speak in d- different ways. And so, um, trying something new gives me a very different sort of feel for, for how things are. Heck yeah.
2: Yeah. Right, well,
1: absolutely. Yeah. Can we maybe listen to a bit of you playing? Would that be all right?
2: Absolutely. Oh yeah.
1: We have a song we could play here. Um, So people can kind of hear you play. I think you're mostly playing guitar on it. Is that right?
2: Yeah, I did all the instruments on that. So I recorded all the parts, bass, guitar, keyboard, drums.
1: I was going to ask that question as well. That is quite impressive. (laughs) Holy cow. Cool. Well, let's give this a listen. This is Hot and Cold Brew. Here we go. We'll mm-hmm.
0: this is such a large variety of instruments to be playing on the same track all about yourself. That's really cool. How did you go about this? Um, like which, which instruments did you start with? And, uh, what order of instruments did you decide to layer, uh, for, for this piece?
2: Um, I think I, for the, a lot of the stuff I started with bass and a click track Oh mm,
0: that makes the, sense. Dreaded
2: click tra- no. Was, I pretty <laughs> much had to do that, but and, and then I would uh, I would add drums to that. And I it was mostly by luck that, you know, it just kind of came together. You layer the things on and I wasn't sure what to expect. And it was really fun because just I don't know, the things that kind of came to mind and the ideas I didn't have I had some uh ideas written out but a lot of the material from that one session just kind of came went, I don't know it, it was it was a cool cool uh process
1: I'm curious like what exactly the order was
2: Yeah I mostly started with bass I would add drums and then I think keys maybe organ I have a I don't know I I felt like I did a few piano things, but I think organ and then I would add the guitar part after that. And just kind of like, is like you're playing along with the rhythm section track. So, yeah,
1: man, cool. So just switching gears a little bit. Um, I was hoping to also talk about streaming because given the whole COVID thing, I mean, a lot of people started kind of doing more, streaming stuff online um when that kind of hit it looks like you have quite a bit of a following as a streamer and i guess typically when i think of people who do a lot of streaming it's like gamers or whatever um how does this kind of work as a musician or i mean it looks like mostly guitar probably but how does that work
2: yeah i mostly what i'm doing is a lot of it is I'm recording my own, I guess, backing tracks using, like, in the uh, digital audio world, there's these things, VSTs, Virtual Studio Technology, and it's sampled instruments, so I'm basically playing bass, drums, and piano on a keyboard, baking tracks, and then playing over them on the stream, and trying to i've got up to about 150 right now <laughs> so and wow. so it's uh and it was it, you know i i never planned it out as kind of like i i've learned how to do it over this course of COVID as as you know you were mentioning a lot of people have been doing probably and so that's kind of the what's been happening lately and, and it's been fun do you anytime. ever switch instruments
1: like on the stream? I mean I've I've seen a little tiny bit of of you doing guitar, but do you ever play other instruments on it as well?
2: Yeah, I I have a I play some keyboard. I I have a keyboard <laughs> I have a keyboard camera. I try to switch it up for sure. I I have pulled out the saxophone. I it's tough. A saxophone is tough. It's like i don't keep it up enough to be like competent i feel like but i love playing it but man yeah so i try to mix it up with keyboard for sure
1: that's awesome well i certainly can't play the saxophone so that's
2: impressive (laughs) cool it's okay man there's there's millions of saxophone players out there
1: that's very true that's very true so, do you see this as being um, like more of a way for musicians to kind of support themselves going forward into the future, or do you think this is kind of like a COVID-inspired um, period of
2: streaming? Oh man, that's a good question. I don't know. I can kind of see people doing it more. I would think. I think both. I think COVID was definitely kicked it off. But I've noticed there are certainly some people, myself included, who have maybe stuck more to it than real live gigs. And so. Yeah. But I, yeah, I I think it's, I don't know, it has potential and it's building up there. It's cool.
1: I know you, and and I know one other friend of mine, uh, Patrick Bartley, does a lot of streaming. Um, and I think he does pretty well doing it. I think he actually games and also plays the saxophone sometimes to the soundtrack of the games that he's playing. So like he'll play the game for a while and then he'll have like transcribed the whoa. whole oh, like nice. soundtrack of everything. And then just be like, okay, I'm done with this. Now I'm just gonna, like, play along with it.
0: That's amazing. It's <laughs> <Just> like, whoa, <laughs> I don't
1: know. Nice. People like it. So dang. Cool. That's cool. Um, I don't think we've interviewed anybody who's part of the Olympia jazz scene up until this point on this podcast. Yeah. I
0: think However,
1: I also that. just found out that Josh, wow. the co-host here, used to live in Olympia, which I, I did, did not know until yesterday. <laughs> so now we've got two people oh, who dude. have spent time oh, nice. as musicians in Olympia. Um, can you tell us kind of what the scene is like? I mean, do you play out much? Uh, are there you know any resources people can look into if they want to see some music in Olympia or what's going on in Olympia
2: Yeah um there is a there's a pretty good group of folks here kind of semi-organ I guess an organization called Olympia Jazz Central I think you can find them on Facebook hmm. and there might be Meetup um things happening but yeah there there's a there's a pretty good organization of people who who have you know kept the music going for a while you and you know maybe up until covid which kind of probably put a stop to unfortunately the the one place that was open and supporting live music had to close but
1: was that rhythm and rye
2: yeah rhythm and rye yeah andy he uh he he was uh he was busting it and keeping everything going and a lot of other folks uh betsy Perkins is a really strong uh you know support she organizes stuff and there's some cool musicians down here yeah it's changed a little bit, but I've been here since about two thousand nine
1: What was it like when you were there josh
0: I was there from 2004 to 2006 and I was in high school so I didn't really have the best sense of what the scene was like um I studied with a pianist named Joe Bach and there was a there was a session that I used to go to regularly called the art house downtown I I think it it ended like soon after I left so I don't know if you Ariel know about this session at all or maybe there are other sessions in Olympia now that I don't know about hopefully there are
2: yeah, um, the art house, yeah, the art house is, uh, I don't, there's no, I don't know, there hasn't been a session there for a while, but I do know the owner, Steve Bentley, is a really good drummer in town, oh. but you probably know him, or yeah. have heard of him, and he, uh, he owns that place, and so sometimes he has, like, you know, shows there during, uh, you know, festivals or just one-offs. But as far as jams, it's, yeah, not not much happening at the moment.
1: Um, I've seen a fair amount of, like, house shows advertised, I think, in Olympia. Is there still much of, like, a house show scene down there? Or is that really kind of separate from the jazz world?
2: Yeah, there, so the place, there's a great saxophonist here. He may have heard of, I mentioned him earlier, Burt Wilson, who was, in many ways was like the the anchor um for you know jazz here and he would always have house shows at his place and you know sometimes seattle folks would come down like john stowell actually he's from portland but john johnson and john bishop yeah but and there are other i think there's Um, he's passed on his, you know, widow. She still has shows there though. And Hmm. there I've heard of other house shows too. So, but yeah. Very
1: cool. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that stuff. Yeah. Thank Um, you so much. We're coming sort of up here on time, but, um, where else can we find out like where you're playing or if you're making more symbols or if you're doing live streams, Or any other kind of, you know, whatever you're, you're up to really, where can people follow you and find out what you're up to?
2: Yeah. I, I live stream on Twitch. Let's see. My, my handle is, um, Arca jazz, A-R-C-A jazz. And I'm usually, (laughs) I'm usually on there about every day, just kind of having fun and making dad jokes (laughs) (laughs) and uh but yeah and pretty much i think i don't know all the other platforms you could probably find me on there that's my handle arc and jazz so awesome yeah (laughs) i don't know
1: just one other question for you yeah um are you or well do you have any plans slash are you interested in making or have you made any other kinds of instruments
2: oh man Oh <laughs> yeah you know i wanted to really i wanted to get into <laughs> guitar building i don't know if i could do it and i'm and i would think i was thinking like well you know what i should probably just stick with what i can do for now <laughs> but that would be really fun that would be oh man
0: all yeah. right nice well, well thank you uh, yeah thank you so much for joining us yeah
2: yeah thank you so much ariel Oh thank thank you very much for it's been great to talk for having me yeah
1: absolutely